a new parliamentary committee that's urging Canada to scale up its support for making sure that we don't backslide on our reproductive rights policies here in this country. So it's now been one year since the fall of Roe versus Wade, and in some states now abortion is completely legal. Could we face a similar fate in Canada? What responsibility do we have here in this country to make sure that we don't fall backwards and make similar moves that they have in the states? We're going to get into it right now with our guest, who's Director of Policy, Advocacy, and Government Relations for Action Canada, Kelly Bowden. Kelly, thank you so much for making the time. Good to talk to you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So, as I said, the the there's a parliamentary committee that issued a new report talking about some suggestions that Canada could move forward on to not backslide in a similar way that the states has. Let's just kind of set the table for where Canada stands, because Canada has made it, at least with this government, pretty clear uh, that women's reproductive rights will stay in place the way that they stand right now. Yeah, for sure. And so the committee that uh, did the study of these rights is the Foreign Affairs Committee. So they're looking at it in a global landscape. So not only how these issues pertain to us as Canadians, but also what role Canada plays in protecting and promoting these rights for people everywhere as part of our foreign policy. So yeah, the message feels quite clear here in Canada, and that comes you know, from outside of, of the Foreign Affairs Committee. You see it being um, spoken by the Minister of Women and Gender Equality, by the Health Minister, um, and Canada's laws are very good on this, right? Like we have, I would say, probably globally one of the best legal protections in terms of reproductive rights in the sense that abortion is simply understood as a part of our healthcare system. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that is strong in that sense. Which I think is great to, it's, it's really reassuring to hear that and to hear it said again and again, because I know a year ago when the conversation about Roe v. Wade was happening, there were a lot of concerns that this might be something that we could see similarly take place in Canada. And it looks like there's more and more evidence suggesting that that's just, that's not going to be the case. As we as an organization that works on sexual and reproductive health and rights, it's like we've always been clear the laws are good. The challenge is really around people accessing services here in Canada. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a big question that we were asked when Roe fell last year and that we've been talking a lot about this week as, you know, the anniversary comes up is have there been more Americans coming to Canada to access these services? Is there a strain on services in Canada? Is access a bigger problem than it was a year ago? And the result is really that so far, no. The American impact has not had a dramatic influence on people's access to services here in Canada. But the same barriers to access remain. Like, if you live outside of a metropolitan area, if you don't live in a yeah. big city, like, it's geographically difficult to get to an abortion clinic, right? Um, if you don't have the money to be able to take time off of work, if you can't find childcare for your kids while you go to an appointment, like, there's many different things that are still challenges to people accessing these services, even though they remain legal and insured in this country. Uh, you know, it seems like it's kind of part of healthcare in general, right? That uh, there's the access uh, and the availability seems 100%. really limited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not surprising that it, it remains the same in this area as well. I, I just want to go back to your comment, Kelly, talking about, you know, this idea that there was going to be this massive influx of women from the States that were going to come to Canada and access these services that we offer legally here. If that's not been the case, then what do you what do you think that suggests? Is it just women going to states where it is still available and allowed, or maybe going to other countries? What do you attribute that to? Yeah, I mean the reality. 
reality is that the people who are most like most harmed by the abortion plans that are now in place in America are people who wouldn't have the resources to travel to Canada, right? They are poor communities, potentially people with precarious immigration status. Um, if people have the ability to move within the U.S., I think they would go to somewhere that is closer, more affordable, more accessible than coming up to Canada. Or, or just simply not have access. Or simply not having the abortion, yeah. So, which again, I think makes us really grateful for the opportunities and the the resources that we have here in Canada, even though I hear what you're saying, they can be improved in terms of accessibility and availability. In in this report uh, that we heard from this parliamentary committee, there were some different suggestions made, Kelly. Um, one of them was that Canada has a large platform to advocate for further global investment and to use our leadership to prioritize these rights globally. Can you speak to that, to the position and the opportunity that Canada Canada has and what we should be doing with it? Yeah, so in addition to having this really strong legal backbone, Canada also has a very long history in investing through our international development assistance in maternal health and reproductive rights. And in 2019, Canada made a 10-year commitment of $1.4 billion a year to women and children's health, half of which, so $700 million per year, is being invested in sexual and reproductive health and rights services in low- and middle-income countries, so poor countries around the world. This is, we are one of the largest global donors in sexual and reproductive health and rights, so larger than the G7, larger than most of the G20 countries. This takes up a really big proportion of the international aid that we support overseas. And so this gives Canada a really big opportunity to say, hey, we're working with partners in countries all over the world who are looking at how can they make their health care systems better? How can they ensure that these services are integrated into the way that they are provided in communities? Mm. How are midwives playing a role in these things? And so in talking to other G7 countries, they can be playing a role to say, you should bolster up your investment in this. You should be making sure that this is, you know, issues and language that remain diplomatic priorities in a global sense, so that in a united way, there can be pushback towards potential regression. And a lot of this is being led by the countries that Canada is supporting through through the aid. Uh, Got it. Okay, because that was another one of the recommendations was that the government needs to spend at least $700 million on reproductive and sexual health and rights of women globally by the end of this fiscal year. But it sounds like we're already we're already making inroads to do that. Yeah, the commitment was made in 2019 to scale up to that 700 per year amount okay. by the end of this year. So as it stands right now, the last kind of reporting data is for the 21 fiscal year, so a couple of years back. It takes a little while for Parliament to process all the data. <laughs> but the number that we have that we were spending at that point was $489 million. So we weren't quite at the 700 yet. And so I think it's great to see the committee reaffirming that we need to meet that target. There can be no excuses for not having met that scale-up goal and that Got we it. need to keep it at a minimum going out to the end of the commitment at that level. Kelly, you are so well-spoken and know so much about this area and where Canada stands within it. I do have a couple more questions for you that I want to get to you while we've got your precious time, but we do have to take a very, very yeah. short break. So we'll be right back getting back into this conversation. Almost a year post-Roe, Canada has to do more on not backsliding and doing a similar thing to what the States has done. In fact, it's the opposite. We need to use this opportunity to take a leadership role in a global in a global sense. We're talking about it right now with our guest who's Director of Policy, Advocacy and Government Relations for Action Canada, Kelly Bowden. We'll be right back in three.
Well, almost a year since the fall of Roe versus Wade, and we're talking about where Canada stands a year later. A new parliamentary committee is urging our country to scale up its support for making sure that we don't backslide on our reproductive rights policies here in our country. Our guest is Director of Policy, Advocacy and Government Relations for Action Canada, Kelly Bowden. Kelly, thank you so much for sticking around on hold. Really appreciate your time. No problem. So, Kelly, was there anything that stood out to you in this uh, in this report that was issued by this parliamentary committee uh, that you think is really worth highlighting? Any co- any areas of concern? I mean, I think the report's recommendations are very strong. There's 14 of them. They're quite comprehensive. I think the most telling thing is that the number one recommendation is to ensure that the government of Canada continues to invest in a comprehensive approach to sexual and reproductive health and rights globally. So this means including abortion, contraception, comprehensive sexual health education in a part of the sexual health package of investments that we make globally. Hmm. You might be familiar with something in the U.S. called the Mexico City policy or the global gag rule. So they go back and forth every couple of years as the administration changes where they had a policy that was implemented where they restricted funding for abortion services internationally. And so with the USAID being one of the biggest donors globally, this has a huge impact on the landscape of funding for these areas of work. And so seeing Canada being steadfast in the commitment that this is remains central to the work that will support globally, I think is really important and, and a telling outcome of, of the report. You know, the way that you've explained it, I think we do have a lot of security when it comes to our sexual and, and reproductive rights here in Canada as women. But I wonder how um, how that might change with a potential change in government. I think it's interesting. Um, I'm not trying to make this a political issue, but I think it's interesting that uh, the Conservative MPs didn't attend the press conference that took place on Monday to talk about this report. They were the only party from the committee that were absent. Is there concern that with a potential change in government, these policies and these rights could look different? You know, I I don't actually have any background knowledge on why they weren't present for um, the press release. They were involved and engaged in the in the creation of the committee report and and uh, submitted an additional report that outlines some measures that they want to see reflected beyond um, what is in the standing committee report. An important point in in their report, their uh, additional report, is actually around the importance of maternal health and and the Conservatives brought in the Muskoka initiative back in 2010, which really is a quite significant um, program and and had a huge impact on Canada's global health leadership in terms of women and children's rights in that sense. And so um, I think there's a long history of all parties in Canada working on a sexual and reproductive health and rights agenda, and we've seen progress and evolution of what that looks like over time. So I'm hopeful that um, we can see this is good evidence-based policy that works to help save women's lives and, and promote good health around the world. And so I think it's building on years of work that has spanned across parties. Yeah, and shows that we are really in a, in a good position to prioritize women's health and women's rights here in this country. I think it's really something to be proud of. Yeah, yeah, it is. Kelly, thank you so much for making the time this afternoon and, and sharing all of your knowledge in this area. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Take care. That's Kelly Bowden, Director of Policy, Advocacy and Government Relations for Action Canada, talking about the fact that it's now been a year since the fall of Roe versus Wade in the states, making abortion illegal in some states. And the conversation really a year ago was, could we face a similar fate here in Canada? And it looks more and more like that's not going to be this case. 
be the case, excuse me. And so now this new parliamentary committee offering some suggestions on how Canada can really step up on a global scale to to be a leader and to to lead the charge to use our position and our platform to really incite some some global influence and some global change in this area to provide women basic rights.